What's up, guys? Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about affiliate marketing or how you can uh, run your affiliate site to get results. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Marcella. How are you? Good. How are you, Anatoly? Uh, I'm doing great. Sunny day. So uh, I always set up positive mindset when I wake up. So it helps me <laughs> to go ahead, you know, to feel good. And before we start, I wanna uh, thank you, our sponsor, Sirenkin a top-related all-in-one SEO platform. I like C-Ranking for their very accurate rank tracker tool, which shows you daily rankings for your website in five search engines for any location, device, or language. You can monitor Google Maps results and 35 search features for every keyword and much more. Just Google C-Ranking rank tracker and explore 40 days uh, of the software for free. So... Before we start, Marcella, tell about your experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about affiliate marketing. Yeah, well, it all started out with uh, Google. I got involved in Google way, way back in the 2000s on the on the uh, CPC, on the advertising side of it. And over time, uh, when Google became uh, like basically the central search engine and eating up everybody else, uh, it became it became obvious that um when like nobody move these days nobody moves a finger without doing a google search before you're going to spend a penny on anything people are going to do a search right uh that's that's a way of life like basically it's the gatekeeper for any purchase really uh even if you buy something on amazon people will do a google search first just to check it out so what happens is with affiliate marketing um you become like, you know, when you do a search for the best VPN, the best whatever, right? Um, typically, the results you get are not from the VPN vendors. They are reviews, review articles, you know, um, the top 10 this, the top 10 that, 12 that, um, and so on and so forth. Well, those articles are written by affiliate marketers. Then, mm -hmm. so, so basically, the affiliate marketers, marketers, in a way, are the gatekeepers of the vendors. And the beauty is that anybody can be an affiliate marketer as long as you know your niche. Obviously, you want to be writing about things you know about. Uh, so if you know about tech uh, and, you know, and you've been using VPNs for a long time, well, you can write articles about VPNs and review articles. And that's how um, I became fascinated by that because I go, wow, Google has become kind of this single funnel for uh, review uh, reviews of anything, right? Um, and every time somebody reads your review and clicks on the link and makes a purchase, you get a commission. So mm -hmm. it's really a nice way to get uh, money uh, on the side so you don't have to quit your day job. In fact, don't. Um, and over time, it takes a few years, but over time, uh, you can develop an income stream, income stream that that rivals your day job and in some cases uh, surpasses your day job, in which case you can quit if you don't like your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, I remember a few studies that shared uh, from 50 to 70 percent of people hate their jobs. So <laughs> why yeah, not I if mean, you want to get extra yeah, income I, with affiliate marketing? <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is, see, the thing is, I mean, for in general, uh, you, you do the job, you, you have the job you have, whatever, that's that's life, however you end up in life. The beauty of affiliate marketing is you can choose how you wish to make money. And mm -hmm. it's 100% uh, 
remote, 100% digital. You don't need to show up to any office. You need to answer to any boss. You're your own boss. Like you have to have discipline, yes. But um, once you put all the foundation in place and it begins firing on all cylinders, I want, it becomes pretty passive. So basically you're sleeping and somebody in Malaysia makes a purchase. You make money at three in the morning, right? So mm-hmm. that, that's the beauty of it. Um, it takes time to, to get it right. But once you get it right, um, it's fantastic because now you have this giant ally called Google feeding you business, really, uh, commissions, right? Because nobody, like I said, nobody makes a purchasing decision without doing a prior search in Google for reviews and, and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, you you highlighted about uh, knowing some specific niche. For example, if I want uh, to earn money uh, with crypto, but I don't know anything about crypto, uh, is it good idea to start doing this, or it's better to find something where you have experience, knowledge, special skills, something unique, or we can take some uh, money worth niches, you know, to add money with that? Uh, because you replied in the first uh, my question that you uh, it's better to choose some niches that you understand. Can you tell more about uh, experience? Okay, so here's the thing. Um, most people reading reviews tend to be beginners in, in that area. So if somebody's looking for a CRM and there's 50 CRMs you can choose from, it's too overwhelming, then people do what's the best CRM and then you read reviews from affiliates, right? Um, typically people doing those kind of searches are people that, not always, but in a lot of cases have never used the CRM before. Right. Mm-hmm. If you have used the CRM or, you know, people do, that have used CRMs before, you're going to ask them. Right. You're going to ask them, well, say, are you happy with that? Right. So in theory, in theory, anybody can write about CRMs. The problem is that if you don't know anything about CRMs, right, you might be able to 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 pass as if you know something about it. But over time, it'll come come back to bite you. Right, because you're going to get things, you're going to say things that are not really true, uh, and you don't even know that they're not true. So it's always better to know what you're talking about. So if you if you if you're going to be talking about crypto, you don't have to be a crypto genius. You don't have to be a developer. You don't have to be you know a miner. You don't have to be somebody who's been doing crypto for 20 years. But you better read up a lot in crypto before you write your first article. I mean, yeah. you have to really do your research. Now you. You can start from scratch, knowing nothing about crypto. Then you do research, research, and maybe after month four, five, six, you know so much. So see, the thing is, you have to know more than the people that are reading the article. You don't have to know the most. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. as long as you've done a lot more research than the people doing the searches, you'll be fine. Does that make any sense? Yeah, of course, of course. I think, you know, uh, I remember a time when I tried to, uh, you know, uh, not try it, yeah, I failed. Uh, I created a website with the purpose in mind to earn money because I've seen a lot of uh, opportunities 
uh, on one specific niche, but I didn't have experience with that. I didn't have passion. I just chased money. And, you know, I wasted like yeah. resources for over three years. Yeah, I wasted a lot of resources, money, time, uh, and I couldn't get anything from that. I quit this project. I got it. No way. I uh, If I go ahead, I only with project that I like or even passion, you know, you might not have experience, but if you are passionate about that, you can earn experience. You can get it, you know, during the way, along the way, so you can uh, got it. And I remember when uh, Neil Patel shared his story about poker. Uh, he decided to launch a website about poker because he found the, uh, a lot of opportunities to earn money with that, but he couldn't get uh, high-ranking positions on Google because he didn't know poker. He didn't play poker. He doesn't like it. He uh, so And when he asked opinions of, of uh, professional players, they told, we don't understand your content. What, what's going on in your content? Yeah, yeah. So That's a very good question. There are certain niches, like I said before, for things like tools and stuff like that, typically you will get a beginner audience, but for things like poker, you don't get beginners. So it depends on the niche. Mm -hmm. you, may be, you may get people that are not a, uh, you know, like super expert, but when you get into specialized areas, here's the thing. You always have to know more than the people doing the searches, always. So if in poker you have people that know how to play the game pretty well and they want to get better, you need to know more than them. So you can't mm -hmm. just fake it. You can't, right? But if, you, you know, if you're really passionate about it, but you're new at it, well, then use that passion to research the heck out of this and learn and learn and learn and learn and learn until you know more than the people doing the searches. So if you don't have the passion, you're going to give up. Because it's like some niches are very a lot more competitive than others. So when there's a lot of competition, it's really hard to rank in Google because you're, you're competing with people that have been doing this for years. So that's, that's a really hard lift, right? Um, so my suggestion is to start with something like it, do your research to find something that you like, that you can focus on for a long time, that is not as competitive. And, and there are tools that allow you to find out what, what that is, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So like VPN, for instance, is super competitive. So who are you competing when you do VPNs? Well, you're competing with giants, CNET, Tom's Guide, good luck displacing mm -hmm. those guys from page one, right? Uh -huh. But VPNs for, I, mean, I, mean, I don't know, VPNs for, um, some, some niche, you know, some VPNs for gamers. Well, maybe that's competitive, but VPN for journalists. I don't know. Like you have, mm -hmm. to, you have to find a sub niche that is not as competitive and then you'll be able yeah. to rank just for that. Right. Mm -hmm. And over time yeah. you begin to eat from the edges. Like, right. You don't go for the middle. That's too busy. The main door is too crowded. So you have to find a side window, a basement window and get in that way. So, but um, you have to, you have to uh, not get bored. Like if you, if you start doing something and you don't get traction because you chose a competitive field and after one year you go, ah, oh, I, I give up. Well, that means that you've chosen a, a, two things, a field that is super competitive, hard to break in and something you're not super passionate about so eventually you give up. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe is that what happened to you, or what do you think? Uh, I think uh, I got that. Uh, you know, I'm not passionate about that to go mm-hmm. ahead. Even if I achieve results, uh, I'm not sure this money can make me happy. Because, uh, for example, when I share something that I like, for example, like playing tennis, I can play tennis without waiting for uh, getting any money because I love it. You know, I can play basketball, soccer, many other games because I love it. You know, so for me, it's more important to create content in niches if I love it. So I can't burn uh, of that because uh, I see many content creators give up because they can't achieve uh, quick results. I don't know how to achieve them. For me, it's impossible to achieve quick results because it takes time to learn through experience, to understand even uh, great YouTubers like Mr. Beast. uh, He spent uh, an year and a half to get first thousand subscribers. Right now, he has 100 million subscribers. PewDiePie uh, spent, uh, he filmed 100 videos to get first 285 subscribers. And today he has more than 110 million subscribers. And uh, I found a few studies online. People, content creators, give up to record the second podcast because they can't get results from the first one, because uh, nobody cares about them. Guys, I don't know how to do it. Even PewDiePie and Mr. Beast couldn't do it. They spend time to learn, to analyze, to find what actually works for them. So it's patience. And uh, patience can work if you have uh passion you know with passion you don't care about results you don't care about uh, uh, some value metrics you can go ahead because you love it and uh, if you can love you can find your audience and you know in uh, you replied in the first question about crm just share as an example can you tell uh, how to choose the right crm for example if i'm going to launch my uh, affiliate marketing website so uh, how to choose because we have uh, a plethora different CRM system, WordPress, Wix, uh, Joomla, uh, name them, uh, tell how to choose the right one. Yeah, so, yeah, no, so, uh, so, so, so uh, when I meant CRM, I, I didn't mean a, a, a content manager. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. But, I, but in, in any event, in any event, so so here's mm-hmm. the, actually, let me, let me address first the, 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 what you said is very true. Uh, and the example mm-hmm. I always go to is the Beatles. So, mm-hmm. The Beatles, like overnight sensation, like whenever they broke through, right? In the 60s, like overnight sensation, millions of people. But what nobody talks about is the previous eight years of playing to 50 people in in dingy nightclubs in in Germany, right? Eight Mm -hmm. years, they played every night for like, I don't know how many hours, like 12 hours straight, I don't know, crazy amount, for no pay, virtually, horrible sleeping conditions, right? Eight years, and then they broke through. And nobody talks about that, right? Mm -hmm. Same for famous YouTubers. Nobody talks about how they got there. They know what happened after they got there. A lot of hard work and passion. Imagine if after year number seven, they gave up there would be no Beatles. But yeah. Seven years of hard work. You better be passionate to, about music in this case to do that, right? So anyways, that's what I wanted to say. Um, yeah, but- I, I remember example with uh, Gary Vee. And he, uh, he shared yeah. that he spent seven year, years from 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. every single day without day off uh, by spending time on Twitter. He yes. replied to all tweets 
uh, about why to uh, promote yeah. this brand. So seven years without yeah. day off, uh, from 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. when uh, most of us are sleeping or watching TV and then sleeping. So uh, yeah, yeah, he couldn't get all this audience, massive audience, without hard work, without uh, sacrificing his time. So yeah, it takes time. I completely agree with that. Yeah, yeah. especially if you, if you do it as a side hassle, mm -hmm. you have a day job, so you have to do it in the evening. You mm -hmm. don't have a choice. So you cannot watch TV, you cannot go out with friends for a while until you get traction, right? So it, it is, a, yeah. it's a trade-off. Like you have to make a, a compromise with yourself. Mm -hmm. Can you tell about uh, finding the balance between creating content and uh, trying to monetize content? Because I see when content creators uh, try to monetize from the first day of creating content, they have no audience, have no traffic, anything. But yeah. uh, they set up call to action, many other stuff, uh, trying to, to sell. What do you think? Is it a good idea or it's better to pay attention with creating audience and to find the right time uh, to submit okay. these links? So I don't have experience, say, podcasting, but I have a lot of experience with Google. So mm -hmm. textual searches to searches so here's the thing most bloggers that want to do a site hassle as an affiliate marketer um they they, they try to monetize too early right mm -hmm. well before they have an audience but here's the thing which obviously doesn't make sense makes sense but here's the thing when you work with google and you want to get uh, a traffic and traction and monetize uh you need to develop an audience but in order to do that most people write for humans obviously humans read but what most people don't most bloggers don't is they don't write for both humans and the search engine 50 50 because the search engine will decide so a machine a computer will decide if what you write is going to be seen or not not a human if you write something that ends up on page seven nobody will ever know you exist right or page five even the or, second page <laughs> or even the second page right um, but the reason you are on page seven is because Google doesn't get you. So if you don't write in a way that's optimized for, for search engines, and, and a, there's a lot of layers to this, but there's a level of optimization. So you need to write for search engines and for humans in a perfect balance. If you do that, the search engine will read electronically your scan, your post, analyze it and go, I get you. I know. You don't belong in page five. Maybe you belong in page two. And over time, page two becomes page one, right? Mm -hmm. But if you only write for humans and Google doesn't get you, right? You're going to be on page seven forever, mm -hmm. 10 years. It doesn't matter. Like it, the amount of writing that you do is not going to do it. The mistake is that a lot of people try to game Google and they only write for the search engine and forget about the human. So what happens is, they rank fast for about a week or two, and then Google realizes that what you wrote is garbage, and then you go back to page seven. So you need to find that sweet balance between machine and human. That's when you begin to rank, and then you have to put in the time. You have to put in the time yeah. because Google is like a slow freight train. It's super heavy at the beginning, impossible to move. But once you get it moving slowly over time, it's impossible to stop, right? So that's yeah. what you want to do is you, you can't you can't speed up Google. It doesn't happen. They won't let you do it. Yeah, they have system. Uh, 
<laughs> the Google has system algorithms that work well because uh, Google can take 92% of all search traffic globally. So it's a lot. And yeah, uh, so Google knows <laughs> their job. Okay, let's talk about finding ideas. For example, uh, let's imagine I want to promote weight loss supplements. I have some good uh, affiliate links. Uh, I don't know, like Shakeology, many other stuff. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, I, I dislike it. I like diets. I like sporting. You know, it's not my direction. But people are looking for simple solutions to buy some uh, shakes, pills, and think uh, that uh, this stuff can, uh, I don't know, can help them to lose weight. Uh, so yeah. uh, let's imagine I create a blog about weight loss uh, supplements. Can you yes. tell how to find ideas, uh, topics for my blog? And uh, uh, for example, I think weight loss is overwhelmed and overpriced. Many other websites have it. But uh, from your experience, how right. to find these ideas that will provide results? So what you do is, so it's the same as weight loss supplements. It's super crowded because yeah, weight loss is huge. Weight loss is huge as a business. So all the big game, big names are in there. So it's going to mm -hmm. be hard competing with them in a general way. So what you begin to do is you begin to look for sub niches. It's like, okay, supplements for something specific, not just supplements. That, that's impossible to rank for as a newbie. So you begin to look for supplements for something very specific. It depends on what, you know, what, what, what you, your area of uh, knowledge is. So it could be supplements for um, men uh, with this and that condition, say, mm -hmm. very specific, mm -hmm. right? And then there are tools that will tell you how many people are searching for those keywords, right? Supplements um, uh, for uh, people with this ailment, right? So you go into these tools, and you don't look for supplements because you're going to get, if you're looking for weight loss supplements, you're going to get millions and millions of searches, but impossible to impossible to rank for. But if you look at supplements for men with this ailment, you, you're not going to find million, but you may find that maybe 20,000 people search for that every month, but it's easy to rank for. There's tools that mm -hmm. give you give difficulty. So there's a keyword difficulty score that many tools will show you. So if you have a low difficulty score, that means that not a lot of people are writing about it. That's how you do it. That's how you do it, mm -hmm. right? Um, but you really need to know what you're talking about because when those men do those searches, they expect you to know what they feel like. They expect mm -hmm. you to know what they need, right? So if you're 25 and writing for an audience of 65s, that's a bit of a problem. You know what I mean? So... Mm -hmm. That's the thing. So you begin by going sub niche, sub niche, and, and keep going down the rabbit hole until you find keywords that have decent volume. That's how you make the money, but low difficulty. Right? Mm -hmm. So you begin yeah. to attack from the flanks. You never go for the middle, you're gonna get massacred. You go for the flanks and you take little, little, you win little battles. You win, you know, and a whole bunch of them put together at the end of the day, can can create a nice paycheck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Valuable. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, 
creating content. Uh, even more, uh, let's uh, take the topic about uh, uh, learning your customers or users who will consume your content. Because, uh, for example, um, I think uh, PhD with the best uh, experience, rewards, can't create awesome content for kids who play online games. If if these people don't play online games, it's you know it's hard because they speak different languages. Can you tell about uh, learning your uh, users who will consume your content? For example, I can create uh, content for women because I don't know about their problems. Probably I know so, sometimes when my wife can uh, make me headache, but that's okay. You know I can make headache uh, to her, but you know uh, I can't create awesome content for women. Can you tell about how to learn uh, audience before creating? content yeah so okay there's two things first of all there's many ways to find out about audiences if you if you want to say um uh women of a certain age who want to lose weight well there's a lot of uh, face uh, facebook groups and forums where a lot of people share their souls might be you don't have their names but they're anonymized but but you, you, you there's forums that tell you exactly the struggles that people are having. So if you, and they're open, a lot of them are open. Some are private, but a lot of them are open. You can read and read and read. Don't, don't, don't participate, just read. And you can learn a lot about an audience that way, a lot, right? Mm -hmm. That's one way. And that's how the pros do it, typically. They create this thing called the customer avatar. Have you heard of that term before? Uh, no, no. Can so you that's, about that's, that? that's a picture. So basically you create an idealized customer by searching the forums and the groups and reading uh -huh. everything. Okay. About what people, when people share, you read everything and you create a single avatar, call it Susan. And, 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 and you describe, uh, yeah. you write it kind of like a journal by, by copying and pasting all this information into one document. And then you create, you, you create a composite of all those people that have that problem because you want to provide the solution and make them all be one person. And then whenever you write content, you address the content to this individual. So that's the way the pros do it. If you're not a pro, say if you're a man and you're writing for women and you don't do this, then it's not going to happen because you know nothing about your audience, right? Yeah. And if you're not a, a pro with the resources to do this kind of research, again, my advice is choose things that were when those areas where you are a customer mm -hmm. after you know from your own experience if you used crm before then you know a lot about them so tr start with that if you're a newbie if you play tennis and you've done you've been playing tennis for years and years and years then write about that right you need to find yeah. the audience yes but the audience would be people like you or people like you five years ago maybe that's even better mm -hmm. right yeah so so that that's that that's what you want to start with, because mm -hmm. when the going gets tough, because Google, like I said, is a slow-moving freight train. You need to have that juice, that passion, like that will keep you going, and you're not going to get bored, because you love tennis. So how yeah. to do a better swing? How to do a better backswing? Well, you've been doing it for years. People doing the searches are newbies, so you just need to know more than them. You don't, need, you don't need to be a genius, a world-class champion. You need to know more than your audience, but you need to know. You can't fake knowledge, yeah. right? Um, like, that, that's <laughs> yeah, I'm got it. Let's talk about someone uh, who is not good with writing. 
for example, yes. I have uh, many companies, clients who have no experience with writing, and they tell me, uh, you know, I need to develop innovate my products. I need to compete with my competitors. So my uh, main goal, their main goal, to compete. Uh, and uh, I usually search for writers uh, online, you know, uh, outsource them. Can you tell from your experience how to find them? For example, if I go to Upwork or many other websites like iWriter, many uh, many platforms about that, and uh, I found that many writers just rewrite existing content. They don't provide value. Uh, they sometimes they don't understand the topic. Can you tell from your experience how to find responsible writers who have experience who write about only one topic or uh, related topics and can provide some value? Uh, because it's hard to win uh, ranking positions without sharing value and something new and unique. Yes. So if you're going to be hiring writers, you have to have a bit of a budget because you can find writers on Fiverr for really mm -hmm. money, little money, <laughs> but they're just not, you know what they're going to do is they're going to get an, an AI writer mm -hmm. and, and crank out some text that has no value and then send you that. So if you're going to be hiring writers, you have to have a budget because the good ones are, going to, are not going to work for cheap, right? Uh, Upwork mm -hmm. is a great place. There's many similar sites um, um, that that um, you know that, that that have quality writers. And what you do is um, you assign them a test. You say, okay, send me. You may need to pay me a little bit for that. So it's, well, you send them the topic, you send them the structure, you send them the keywords you want. So you send them a, a brief, and you say, okay, go at it, and then do that with five or six. And and then you choose the best, and that's typically how how you can find the really mm -hmm. good writers. And once you find mm -hmm. a good writer, um, you're set because they want the work, and you know they're good, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and they know how to follow your instructions. Um, but don't cheapen don't cheapen out on writers because they're, they're gonna they're gonna like I said they're gonna use AI tools, and, but really they don't know what they're talking about, and the quality is gonna be bad. Yeah, love it, love it. So believable. I, I think, you know, uh, the last thing what you can do to search for the best price. And the first thing what you can do to search for the best experience, you know, when you find writers with uh, awesome experience that can prove it, you know, with their articles that publish online that have a lot of shares, organic traffic. Yeah, you can cooperate with such writers. And you mentioned about uh, guidelines, that you can uh, show them guidelines. Can you tell about practical tips? How to uh, create this guideline? Because uh, it's not only to share keywords, please write an article with, uh, by considering these keywords. I'm interested more about uh, creating this guideline that copywriters can understand, can structure to write the intro, uh, the main parts, subheadings, what kind of text, uh, the length of this content. Just more about that. If you have some checklist, it will be great. Yeah. So I'll give you obviously the example for affiliate marketing, which is mm -hmm. my specialty. So typically, when you do a, an article, you want to commission an article, the best 15, whatever, right? Um, so basically, Google, the way Google likes it is they want you to have a heading, like what's called an H1, uh, which is the title of the post, and subheadings H2, right, will will give mm -hmm. you some, some tips. Okay, what is the best CRM? How to choose the best CRM? And then finally, H3 or heading three are all the 15 brands, brand one, brand two, brand three. So there's a typical structure that Google expects you to have, 
right? So you need to provide them that in the brief, right? You have to, to say, okay, you need to, the title needs to be this, then I need uh, three or four points um, that expand on the title, and then I need the list. The list um, is very cookie cutter. You say, okay, mm -hmm. item one, title is a heading three, H3. That's the name of the brand. Then you need the image, like a screenshot of their website. Then you need a list of uh, features. Then you need uh, a list of kind of pros and cons. Uh, so you, you show them basically all the elements that they need to do for each list item, right? And then uh, the pricing, say, at the end. And then copy and paste. You do the same thing for item two, item three, item four. So what they have to do, right? You can do two things. You can either do the research and send them the 15 items, so 15 CRMs. You send them the brands and the links to the pages, and they have to do the rest. They have to do go into each page, find the features, you know, and then they have to write original text. They can't just copy and paste what's on their websites. They have to read it, analyze it, and in their own words, come up with a list of features, pros and cons. Well, you can go to places that uh, trust pilot and you know those things that give you reviews and stuff like that. And, and see what people are saying about that product and then capture pros and cons from, from researching a number of these places, right? Again, without mm -hmm. copying and pasting. And you come up with a, with, a, with a list, a general list drawn from all of that that shows you pros and cons and so on and so forth. Pricing is the easiest, right? You go to pricing page and then make a summary. So that's a brief. And mm -hmm. then they have to go on and fill it, fill it in with words. But you, you give them the keyword, obviously. Um, uh, you give them the title and you give them the structure. And then they go on mm -hmm. and do it. So again, that's different than when you do an article that is an informational article. But again, my focus is affiliate marketing. So it's mainly reviews, uh, review articles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got that it. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I have another question, but uh, I see a comment from Freddy Garcia about sub-niche. We touched a little bit about sub-niches. Can you tell more about that? Uh, I remember when you replied to the question about uh, uh, finding uh, sub-niches topics, you know, uh, when you, uh, you know, in your keyword research, for example, when you are looking yeah. for some specific niches, but you need to find sub-niches. Can you clarify more about that? Because Freddy doesn't understand yeah. So there's a, there's, a, there's a cheap way to do it and an expensive way to do it. So the cheap way is to go into Google and you type um, supplements or weight loss supplements. That's a really expensive one, right? But Google is going to show you suggested key. Uh, it was going to show you things that other people are searching around that, right? And you may, you may find your sub-niche by, by doing that. But Google will only show you a small list, like five or six. You know, mm -hmm. when, when you start typing and Google has a kind of pull down menu that shows you other things people are typing that are related. So you can do it that way. Uh, the more expensive mm -hmm. way is to choose a tool, a keyword tool, say like Hrefs, but there's many others where you can mm -hmm. go in and they'll show you thousands of, of those entries. So you type um, uh, weight loss supplements, show me related words. And they'll literally show you sometimes it's hundreds, sometimes it's millions. It depends on the word. And then what you do is, you begin to filter down. You go, okay, first of all, I don't want to write anything that's super competitive. So you, you can add filters that, that add the competition level. So competition is from zero to 100. Well, choose a filter from zero to 40. 
So you, you get rid of the stuff that is impossible to compete. And then your list goes from, from 2 million to 200,000, right? Mm -hmm. And then you go, okay, now uh, I want to remove anything that has a volume less than 1,000 um, searches a month. And that get rid, gets rid of a whole bunch of other things that you don't care about. And now your list becomes 2,000 items. And now that's more manageable, 2,000 items. You can, you, can, you can scan that in, in, in about half an hour. And then you start reading, and, and that list is going to show you the sub-niches because it's going to show you all the searches that have the words weight loss supplements and something else, weight loss supplements mm -hmm. for people with whatever. And that's how you find the sub-niches. You let the tools tell you what people are searching that have low competition score and relatively high search volume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, you, have okay. you have to use tools. You can't guess it. You really can take a guess. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about promotion. Uh, for yeah. example, if I create the best content in the world with uh, valuable insights, but I see many content creators spend 80% of their time to promote. Uh, for example, Brian Dean, uh, he can write one piece of content uh, a month, but he spends a lot of efforts to promote this content. I, th I think if you have a huge audience, loyal audience, like CNN, BBC, I don't know, big websites, they don't need to promote because their audience can promote, share content, uh, uh, to get links from other bloggers. But if you're a small website, affiliate website, and you're going to rank high on Google and you have no authority, uh, can you tell how to choose the right link building strategy or PR uh, campaign or any other stuff, how to promote uh, affiliate yeah, website? That's an excellent question. Okay, so I'm not going to focus on social media here because I'm assuming that if you're new, you don't have any audience. So mm -hmm. focus on just search and just Google. So if you only write and that's all you do, right? That's And, and you're a, a good writer and you find the perfect balance between Google, the machine, and the, and the audience, and the humans. That's fine. But Google, that's a very important ranking factor for Google. But there's another super important ranking factor, which is links. So, or more specifically, backlinks. Okay. So Google counts backlinks, backlinks. So people linking to you from reputable websites as a voter confidence. Okay. Mm -hmm. But they have to be from reputable websites, not not from link farms, not from anything that is trying to game Google. That, that if they catch you, they're going to shut you down. So you want reputable websites to link to you. The problem is, how are you going to get a reputable website that, say, some, some website that, that is super known for supplements, right? How, how are you going to get them to link to you? They're not, because you're new, right? So what you have to do is you have to begin pitching, basically, your services as a writer. You can say, hey, I want to write a guest post for you for free. So you don't have to pay a couple hundred bucks, like you do for free, in exchange for a link to my website, right? But that's not enough because mm -hmm. you still are not known, right? So you have to, what you have to do is you can say, I write whatever, 10 guest posts a month, 10 to 12 guest posts a month, even if you're kind of making it up at the beginning, right? And I in, in high, high domain rating, high authority websites, right? If you let me write a guest post for you, I'll get a link to your site from another site that has a high domain rating. And that's how you begin. Basically, you, like you can't, you see what I'm saying? 
But at the end of that exchange, you end up with a link to your website. So mm -hmm. um, that's one way to shortcut. And you have to do this for like a year at least, a year mm -hmm. or two, right? So at the beginning, you do it that way. Eventually, when you start getting links and links and links through guest posting, your website begins to lift off the ground. And now you become more and more authoritative. And now, now people are going to start reaching out to you saying, hey, do you want to... You know, um, I, I'd love to link to your, you know, uh, a link from your site to mine and so on. So mm -hmm. that's the way to do it the hard way, meaning that you have no presence. If you have a social media presence, it's easier. You just begin posting about it. And then there's, mm -hmm. there's mechanisms to do that, right? But I'm assuming you have no, like you're a total newbie. So I guess posting yeah. is probably the most effective way to break in. Mm -hmm. for, yeah, for, yeah. For, for backlinks for backlinks mm -hmm. okay got it uh marcel i have the last question uh let's imagine uh you have no experience uh skills anything you started from scratch yes. how to learn more about affiliate marketing okay so the beauty about affiliate marketing is that there's a few uh, 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 people that are very good at it because they did like the Beatles. They did the, the eight years previous, right? Uh, mm -hmm. The beauty about affiliate marketing is if you really stick it out and, and you do all the right things, um, then what happens is eventually what happens is you begin to get traffic like at the slow moving train. Once you get it to, to go to speed, it, it, it tends to stay at that speed. So you begin to make, to, to make money very passively, maybe in year three, four, five, and a lot of these guys and, and gals, um, they're, you know, super generous. They, they will share their knowledge, just knowledge bombs everywhere. So they will have, there's a, there's a lot of you, uh, uh, YouTube channels that are awesome uh, for affiliate marketers. And they'll, they'll tell you all the tricks because they can. They've already made mm -hmm. their money. They're not going to make any less money tomorrow because they tell mm -hmm. you this. And, and a lot of them... Um, um, there's so much content out there, so much content. They'll tell you what are the best tools to use uh, when you start from scratch. Uh, what are the tricks? How'd you get to the first $5,000 a month? How'd you get to the first $10,000 a month? So they show you the hard part. That's the hardest thing is to make your first buck, your first dollar. That's the hardest thing. And then once you find your formula, it's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Um, so, yeah. So I would say for me, YouTube was the best because... Mm -hmm. Some of these people will go into an hour, two videos with, with live, with what you can see their computer, you can see exactly what they're doing. Um, and, um, you know, uh, if you're looking for somebody, for instance, uh, it's a couple of guys, uh, Miles Beckler, uh, B-E-C-K-L-E-R mm -hmm. um, is one of them, Adam Enfroy, E-N-F-R-O-Y. Dot com. There's mm -hmm. a couple mm -hmm. of examples that the people that made it and they're super legit and they're just an open book. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. So uh, courses, uh, paid courses, but if you just go to the free, just the YouTube channel, pretty much most of the content in the courses is spelled out over 100 and 200 videos. You just have to take your time, obviously. Uh -huh. And we see uh, the comment uh, about uh, do you know any specific YouTube channel? Yeah, so basically, yeah, so look, so go to YouTube and search for Adam, A-D-A-M, last name, E-N-F-R-O-Y. 
Adam and Freud. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. He actually, he started from scratch not that long ago, maybe 2019. And now mm-hmm. he's like uh, over 100,000 a month. In mm-hmm. Nice, nice, in nice. Three, three years and a bit. Uh, now he had a really good mentor, uh, but he sh- he spills the beans. He shares everything. So, yeah, nice. So that's a good place to start. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Marcella, it's a big pleasure to get on my show to learn from you. You share a lot of valuable insights. Tell our, our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Uh, t- tell our audience how they can reach out to you, uh, follow yeah. you. So the, the best way to reach out to me is just to go to my website. Um, mm-hmm. And it's called, uh, it's Best Tech. So B-E-S-T-T-E-C-H, then number two and earn online best tech to earn online.com and mm-hmm. and there's a consulting page it's got my contact uh, paid uh, contact uh, um, form and they can reach out to me my email is there mm-hmm. okay guys you can find this link in the description below listen us on apple google spotify Thanks again, Marcelo, for your time. A big pleasure. A lot of valuable insights. Welcome back anytime, uh, you know, to share more value because my audience loves learning something new. And thanks, guys, for listening and watching us.